He pulls out his thing and it's all fucking pink horrors. <laughs> <laughs> and how, uh, who won? I won 21 to 7. Wow. Well, <laughs> you crushed him. Well, you know, that is, uh, that is a thing. Mm, I'm looking at my desk and all I can see are a SanDisk Extreme 64 gigabyte drive, a Wrigley's Double Mint with two packs of gum, uh, two sticks of gum left. Uh, one webcam that doesn't work that I just happen to have on this table and one of my laptop chargers. I'm looking at my upcoming kill team that I've been prepping for. I have to bend the knee to Games Workshop's standards of using plastic. So I am making a Games Workshop-ified kill team for once in my life. Wow. Yeah, I know. Um, That I actually play. I have a lot of Games Workshop teams, just not that I play um i'm also looking at a brand new opened oreo package that i just opened and i made two double stuffed and i made two uh non-stuff that i'm going to eat during this podcast and i'm looking at some paints (laughs) for an upcoming youtube video that we're going to do it's going to double stuff those paints what's on what's on what's on your desk shane uh well i'm looking at a opened pack of triple a batteries a uh, my phone, a iPhone charger. Uh, I've got like a little creative pen tablet thing that is not mine. And my mouse and my mouse pad and my... Is your mouse pad exciting? Like, does it have boobs on it? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's no no boobs that I can see on my mouse okay. pad. Um, is there bolters on it? No bolters. It's like kind of like a little design i don't even know what this actually is maybe you're colorblind uh, it's black nah. and <laughs> <Okay>. gray <laughs> so that doesn't help know. the colorblind argument is no. it from corsair <laughs> uh no it's not oh. warhammer related i don't think i mean that would be I meant quite like a coincidence the, like computer company because i had one that was black and gray from a brand called corsair oh it just happens oh, to also I, be the name of a team <laughs> No, no, I don't. I don't know. It doesn't say the brand name on it. I think this used to be. I don't know if this was always mine. I don't know. I've had Giacomo. this mouse pad for like years and years. Same, Giacomo. What is your mouse pad? It's black. I took it from work. Oh, so it's just black. It's just. It doesn't even have a brand. It's just black. Probably from Amazon. Oh, mine's from Riot Games, and it's Dunkmaster Darius. Whoa. Oh yeah, yeah. Look Gotta that love guy. that. Yeah. He bought the skin and everything. I did. Dunk Master. I wasn't that, I, that was an expensive skin, wasn't it? I haven't played yeah. League in about seven years. Bro, my I, my name in League of Legends and Riot or whatever is Gotta Dunk Em All. Gotta Dunk Em All. <laughs> wow. Just like Pokemon, gotta catch them all, but yeah. it's Dariusified. You gonna so. dunk your Oreos? Your double stuffed Oreos? I wish. No, I'm waiting for dinner you, from my wife. Uh, did you play top lane when you played? Uh, hell you yeah, played? I played top lane. <laughs> Me too. I that mean, was what I played. <laughs> what did you play? What did you what what, um, what what champs? I when I was playing, I really so I really liked I was an old timer. I played um from like twenty twelve until like 2016 season probably. two does yes yeah season, yeah, season, season two season i liked yeah. i liked the old gang plank before they updated him okay cool yeah and i really liked tom kench before i stopped playing like top okay. lane tom kench 
Those are some of my favorites. Super annoying, funny character. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I still, I play Wild Rift now. I do play League on occasion. Uh, but uh, my homie's um, is an ADC main and he's like, he's like master tier grand, grandmaster. Oh my God. Wow. Yeah. So um, I roll swapped to support um, and we just crush lane and, and crush and, and then win. We, we win lane, then win game. Uh, yeah, so, lame, wait, win game. I like that. That game always frustrated me. I think League of Legends took years off my life. <laughs> you know, because I'm really good at games, uh-huh. um, and that's the one game I was never good at. I and I put so many hours into it back when so, I was uh, in my early 20s, like late teens. Uh, so have I. Uh, but the fan, the fun, the funny thing is that you say that we were like we we're getting a little salty with some things, right? So we started playing TFT. And dude, I fucking suck at that game. I was so <laughs> bad at the TFT, which is which for anyone who's listening is an auto chess game. So it's like a strategy version with the same like type of characters. And um, I really so anyone that knows me, I really hate sucking at things. So <laughs> League of Legends sucked me in because I sucked at that game, and I was like, I can't fucking suck at this game. I can't, right? So like now on Wild Rift, which is their mobile version, I I reach master tier every every um, every season, and then I I just w- I just started up the computer program and started playing that again because one of my friends who started the same time as me, he's like bronze too, and I was like, I bet you I could come back to League of Legends on the PC <laughs> and be better than you, my guy. And I came back and I was like, dude, I fucking suck at the God, game. Like so I, hard, I, dude. I, I I'm I'm fucking like hot trash, and I'm like, all right, now I actually have to. I'm I'm so mad. I'm so competitive. Like I don't play like kill team that way because I'm a content creator. But inside, I'm like, I need to win right now. You we know? need to we we need to stop <laughs> talking about League of Legends before all of your <laughs> listeners leave the podcast. Okay, fair, 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 fair. fair. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um. But no. yeah. So yeah. What are you saying, G? Nothing. What? This is the Squad Games podcast. Nothing. Continue on. It's not the League of Legends <laughs> podcast. It's Sorry, definitely guys. not. All right. Fair. Uh, yeah, you know I played League though at one point, not competitively to the caliber. It sounds like you guys did. Uh, I played casual as fuck. So yeah, I'm. Yeah. Uh, I think we're all pretty nerdy on this. We've all we've all done it on occasion. You have 40K, to. Tra- it's free to play. You know. Yeah, 40k <laughs> League of Legends, comic books, like what else? You know. Yeah. All um, that stuff. Yeah. So starting off with GW, there's a lot of things that have gone, uh, that have happened this past week, right? Or the past two weeks. Games Workshop announced all their tournaments. Cool beans. Yay. They also announced a bunch of other things that we'll get to a little bit later, um, which is fascinating and interesting. And it, it does affect us here at Squad Games. So we'll not in a negative way, but in a weird way. So mm. we'll we'll talk about that as well. Um, yeah, so Shane from Command Point has joined us today. Shane, lovely to have you on, brother, as always. Oh, it's lovely to be here, as always. So, there yeah. you go. <laughs> is there is there anything that you guys are going to be doing on your YouTube channel here coming up soon, or? Um, we have stuff planned, uh, in the works. Um, just revamped our Patreon. I'm uploading, like my TTS practice games on there, which is always fun. Um, but generally speaking, um, business as usual, you know, cool there. I don't know. 
how, if you want to get into the weeds on this topic, because it's like a weird thing, but yeah. a weird thing happened today. Okay. Okay. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but um, uh, I heard about something. You could go ahead and talk about it if you want to. Yeah. I only, because this affects me in a weird way. Um, but uh, Glass Half Dead made his Discord Patreon only today. And I think, I don't know exactly what's Wait. going on. Did he? Okay. Yeah. And he, um, I think he's really burnt out. I don't know exactly the extent of it, but uh, for context, Glass's page, uh, Discord is like one of the biggest Discords. Um, one of the few that's bigger than the Command Point Discord. Wow. And he made his Discord Patreon only today and linked the Command Point Discord as like an alternative. Mm-hmm. So we have had so many people join the Command Point Discord today. It looks like there's 3,170 members now. It's crazy. I mean, we've gained like maybe 40 people since this morning. Wow. Um, I'm looking at it now. Yeah, it's definitely, definitely gone dark. Yeah, it's crazy. I hope, uh, I hope Andy's doing okay. Um, I know he's, you know, he's, he's been doing this for a while, longer than, mm-hmm. uh, longer than I have. So. Yeah, I, I, I heard something. I heard they made a YouTube I mean, I heard he made a video on Patreon explaining things, but I'm not a part of his Patreon, so I can't really discuss that. If anyone is out there that is a part of his Patreon and wants to talk about it on a channel in the Squad Games Discord, by all means, um, you guys can go down and chat about that. That's How does it affect you, though? The, because I feel like what's going to happen now is we are going to be the biggest Kill Team Discord. Command Agreed. Point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just alarming. <laughs> I don't know. I've always been very um, glass was uh, in the game for a bit before Ryan and I started Command Point, and we, he was always like the uh, the big brother content creator, you know. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It's it's it feels like he's stepping back. I don't know if he is, but yeah, it's uh, just a and- weird era, you know, end of an era kind of thing. If that's the case. Well, him and Chris Harris have both taken a, uh, which is, uh, oh yeah, Beernid, yes, have both taken uh, major steps away from Kill Team recently. I mean, I think we've all seen that Glass's content has, ever since this new edition popped out, has not been as good as, um, as his last content, in my opinion. Um, I haven't enjoyed it, or at least I ha- I haven't enjoyed it as much, maybe. Um, uh, I don't know if anyone else feels that way, but uh, I hope that whatever he's going through, hopefully he comes back bigger, stronger, better, you know? Um, love to have him in the scene. I think that, uh, you know, always losing a content creator is always detrimental, I think, over to the overall scene. Um, and it's going to leave a little bit of a vacuum. Uh, do you guys plan on... Um, putting more content out there on YouTube or I mean, I I always feel very like, I always feel like we're not doing enough. Um, Mm -hmm. I, and that's, you know, it's partly our own fault that we don't upload more. Um, I always want to, that's, I think that's why I got so excited about December and the, in the 12 days thing. Cause it's like our, it's like our go hard (laughs) time of the year. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I always want to do more. I always have so many ideas for videos and it, it's just like, there's not enough hours in the day. You know what I mean? Totally understand. Yeah. It's just so hard between playing and work, 
content creation and work and life and personal stuff. And it's just mm-hmm. the, the hours are just limited. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. The, um, speaking of YouTube, uh, me and Giacomo have been, uh, working quite heavily behind the scenes over here at squad games, um, to start filming a specific type of YouTube show that we're going to start filming at the beginning of March with hopefully a weekly release, um, in the middle of March. So, uh, that is the ultimate goal. And we've had a couple companies reach out to us that might be interested in partnering with us. So we are quite excited here at squad games about it. So looking forward to that, uh, coming up here as well. The enthusiasm's off the chain. It sure is. <laughs> I, literally call, I literally call Giacomo every day to discuss more and more stuff because I think one thing that we're going to do on our YouTube channel is not necessarily be as locked into Kill Team as maybe everyone else. Like We're going to take a lot more of a hobby as- aesthetic because both me and G are both very much um, professional painters, but we're also going to have a lot of co- Kill Team content, content on there as well. It's just not going to just be wholly kill team related if that makes any sense right well i'm excited to see it yeah cool um so uh i'm excited to see if you guys uh start especially if if glass like it seems as if glass is either going to take a step back from youtube or he's going to continue it and he's just going to monetize his discord instead which is you know i think that's completely valid and completely fine um a lot of content creators do that. Like uh, Midwinter Minis has a uh, Patreon only. You know, there's a lot of other Discords out there that are uh, Patreon only. So, yeah, uh, I think the whole like Patreon, I get it, and I, especially from the context of if he is stepping back, which I, I've heard he has, but I haven't seen any videos or anything. Agreed. Um, you know, just having that Patreon just to like interact with the people that are you know, the diehards and stuff. I, I get it. I think a while back, like probably like two years ago at this point, I know Ryan floated the idea to me about making our Patreon or our discard Patreon only. And I was firmly against it. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. I think it's different if you have an established community. Yeah. Yeah. I Whereas if you're starting a discord and you're like, well, let's just have it for the patrons. That's a different thing to me than, let's take our established discord and make it Patreon only because there's so, I mean, you said earlier, there's like 3000 people on that discord and yeah, that would yours. become a double, double digit number very quickly. Yeah. How many were on glasses? Do we know? I went to check earlier, but I can't see anymore. Yeah, that's fair. Sorry, glass. Uh, I'm not a Patreon subscriber. My bad. Um, maybe I'll have to be in order to see it, but, uh, I was at one point. I know I was uh, at one point. I, I've cut down on my on my Patreon subscriptions, so I don't blame anybody for for doing the same. <laughs> it's pretty also, big news. Yeah. I've also had to do the same. I recently joined uh, Midwinter Minis uh, uh, Patreon because I do enjoy his stuff. And we're trying to to get him on the podcast. Uh, we'll see if that happens. Um, if anyone knows him, go ahead and feel free to ping because we would love to have him on. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's pretty, it's, it's kind of, 
outside of Games Workshop news, it's kind of the biggest news here. He may not have been the biggest kill team content creators, like probably eons of battle. I think most people put up there as the biggest content creators for kill team, even though they don't directly focus on kill team. Yeah. There's a lot of bigger channels that like do it on the side, but to me, glass has always been the biggest kill team channel. That's fair. Um, Just because it was the main thing. Yeah. It's been around for long, so long too. Yeah. Like you could argue like uncle Adam, you know, he did kill team videos where he would just complain about kill team all the time. So I guess like, is that a kill team channel? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I I'm met not going to watch that, but I'm, I met him at, um, that's one of the reasons why I actually stopped watching uncle Adam is I used to watch him and then the Same. new edition came out and he was like, Oh fuck this game. It's horrible. And I was yeah. like, I met him at LVO and I told him, I was like, Hey man, I used to watch your channel a lot. Like, uh, the negativity uh, though. Yeah, ex- absolutely. The negativity is, is hard uh, we try to stay away from negativity here, unless if you're a Pathfinder player um, <laughs> or enthusiast. Uh, but that's all just. We love. I love all 40k, no matter what. And in fact, if Pathfinders didn't exist, I wouldn't be able to, uh, you know, uh, make funny remarks every now and then. I don't care who, 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 if you love blue skin or not. Like the game, the 40k is amazing, and the game is amazing. Um, negativity is is always hard. Uh, there's a lot of YouTube channels out there that really focus on negative, the negative aspects, uh, or they have negative clickbait titles. Oh, because oh, yeah. they know that's going to click psycholo- like, psychologically. Like, you know? yeah, like Warhammer Man. Like he just like posted a video recently of like fuck 40k, and I was like <laughs> fuck fuck Games Workshop. I was like what? <laughs> no, the question is, did you click? No, I didn't. I refused to click his content a long time ago because a lot of it was just clickbait. So I actually like, I think because of that one, I just unfollowed his channel. Um, because ultimately like there's enough negativity in our lives that I don't want to go online and see more negative stuff. You right. Know? You just don't feel good afterwards. You know, what kind yeah. of life is that? Exactly. That, that, but that's just my, I mean, some people really enjoy negative content, but I'm not one of them. And I, don't I think, know. Do you think they enjoy it or do you think they feed off of it? I think they feed off of it. I think that's more it. I mean, they could. I don't know. I'm just not, I'm not really like a super negative person if you know me. Like I'm very like happy-go-lucky. Do I bitch? Absolutely. Do I like drama? Absolutely. (laughs) I think that most people do as humans. (laughs) Hell yeah. Um, But you know, like if I didn't like that kind of stuff, I don't think I would be a TO, you know? Like there's like, a, a thing that comes with that aspect. Like, the, um, recently there's been like, uh, TOs that have reached out to me because they're dealing with like crisis at their tournaments or something like that. And asking me how, how I would deal, do, do with stuff. And I'm like, Hey man, like this kind of stuff happens, right? Like just, you got to be able to handle it, handle the blows where they come from, you know, like somebody from Georgia recently. And, you know, I think that like, if somebody's like yelling at you at a tournament, you know, because you accidentally made a, a wrong rule calling or something like that, it just comes with the territory. So, um, but yeah, I'm sure that, you know, there are TOs that get that a lot similar to like Ben from, um, games workshop. I don't think that he gets very many rules wrong, <laughs> but I'm sure that he's dealt with drama the same way that me and G have before. So, um, it's pretty, it's, it's a weird thing. Like no one actually knows wh- how we feel or what we're actually talking about right now, other than other tournament organizers. 
Um, perhaps you do, Shane, because you're running the CPTS tournament. How many players do you have doing that this year? So we have, for CPTS winter, we have 115 players, I believe, which is by far the most. We've been doing CPTS. Now, is that because of how big you guys are? Is it because of the, the wonderful map pack that you guys have put in? I mean, I'm, it could all be you. It could all be the map pack as far as I'm aware. <laughs> it's funny because we've been doing them seasonally. So like three to four times a year mm-hmm. since the game Amazing. came out. Uh-huh. And we haven't broken 70 ever, I don't think. And then this time we hit 115 total. So I'm thrilled about it. It's uh, oh, yeah, dude. That's sick. That's right. It's cross-regional. So it's um, it's all one tournament, but it's basically the North America has its own bracket where it's six Swiss rounds, and then Europe has its own bracket where it's six Swiss rounds, and then the top eight from each get seated into a top sixteen bracket. Where in the first round it's NA versus European players, basically um, in the bracket, and it just goes down, and you know whoever plays each other plays each other from there, but. It is uh, bigger than I could have imagined, you know, because I really got, I started doing this format because I was playing the um, Marvel Crisis Protocol on TTS last year a lot, mm-hmm. or I guess, uh, was it last year? No, it was like more, mostly 2022, I feel, but, um, and I was super into the, the TTS league because they would have like three to 400 players total participating in that. And they had like an NA East and an NA West and an NA Central. They had a Europe. They had an uh, Oceania. And each one of those pods would have like 100 players. <laughs> it would be crazy. That's um, crazy. And I want to see Kill Team grow. Because Kill Team is not like a smaller game than MCP. I think they're those two games are roughly on similar levels mm-hmm. at worst. So there's no reason that we can't reach that. So 100%, I, yeah. yeah, I like having the option for our miniatures game to have a TTS um, presence because some mm-hmm. people don't have local scenes and it's just cool to play people from all over the world. So, yeah, in fact, uh, it's been on my mind for a while to have like an official squad games like because we are slowly working on an STL file for our terrain. Mm-hmm. Um being able to put that into TTS and then using uh, the art that I've designed for our maps. Um, I know that uh, you guys have a sponsor. Um, your guys's map. Uh, what was what was the your guys's the guy who sponsored one of your videos? Do you remember his name? Oh, um, so we have a. Are you talking about the the Warzone maps? Yes, Warzone. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Those uh, we actually. So we have a couple of those maps here, and they're awesome. They're really cool. And it's like, I love any map and Travis as well had a map similar to this at ACO. It's just the maps where they have the lines to show you the deployment zones. Hell yeah. Oh, it's just beautiful. Like everybody should own a map that is like that. I don't care who makes it. You just find somebody that makes it. <laughs> the first thing I saw like those that. was like uh, from Marvel Crisis Protocol actually. Yeah. MCP does a lot of those cause the, mm-hmm. um, the little, for the objectives. Exactly. Yeah. You know, this is making me think that, um, Ryan hasn't seen our maps. Should we show him real quick? G? Sure. Have you Ryan? seen our maps before? You said, uh, sorry, you not Ryan. Me I'm Ryan in- Dakota. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. 
Uh, this is the second time I've done that now, Shane. I apologize. I'm very used uh, to it at this point. Uh, no, nah, he is Shane. He is his own master. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, I am. Show, show me. I would like to see the maps. So. Have you seen them? I feel like I have, but can you send them to me anyway? Because I'm not 100% sure that I have. Absolutely. So, uh, right. So let me share my screen. So I was making this because I was going to say that uh, I feel that I'm biased as fuck. But uh, I feel that my maps are uh, nicer than the Warzone maps. Um, and you do not, you should not agree with me because you are sponsored. But I just want to see what you think. Um, let me see. So let me add you both to a stream real quick. So let me direct messages. We're going to Shane and let's see. Banner, 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 banner. Join call and everybody mute themselves, please. I, I muted myself. <laughs> Perfect. I'm glad everyone did. Cool. All right, Dakota, show us the goods. So. Uh, as you can see, this is one of our mats. Um, this is our repentant outpost map and you can oh, see wait. we have this. I can't see it. I can't see it either. Oh, are you, I see the Mevo camera. There you go. Huh? Watch stream. There we go. So this is our repentant outpost map. Um, we have the six inch, the hamburger markings here. We have the pizza markings or some people say, um, nacho or other wrong people say quesadilla. Um, as long as people say pizza, it's fine. Oh, okay. Of course. Of course. <laughs> uh, we have our central line here, central line here, central line here. And we have our three inch deployment here and three inch here. So is that a, um, I see a three inch from the middle. Yep. That's uh, so a, Can you get a six inch from the middle for unyielding ancients, the higher tech circle faction tech op? <laughs> that singular tack up. Well, perhaps for the Necron map, I would, but it's only a uh, three inch. Oh, well. wow. I didn't realize you had a Necron map. That was really yeah. smooth. <laughs> Dang, we didn't even, we didn't script that. I didn't plan no, that didn't. at all. <laughs> it's funny because so, nobody can see it anyway. It would just be to impress me. <laughs> I'm sign languaging for anybody who needs to, you know, see it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if anyone wants to check out our maps, which are available, you can go to lustersworkshop.com, uh, sponsored by my other company. Um, and, uh, they're 35 bucks a pop and we'll ship them out, um, here. So, uh, but yeah, so these maps are really, really cool. I've already sent out a quite a few of these and, uh, people at LVO picked up their orders. So I just got all the, uh, the, the cardboard tubes in the mail from, uh, what is that shipping company that we used? Uh, G Uline or better pack. Yeah. Uline. I, I had to order a bunch of things to ship them out. So, uh, just got those out and got a bunch out just, uh, I think on Monday. So, but yeah, they're all made for kill team. Pretty cool stuff. Uh, Shane, what do you think about the art, the art direction? I actually made all of these, um, by hand. Yeah. I, I love them. Cool. No, I think that, like I said, whether you get them from Dakota or whoever, Warzone, everybody should own a map that has those lines. It makes, especially for the diagonal lines. Oh my God. 
It just makes life easier. I hate deploying on maps diagonally mm-hmm. that don't have those lines. It's like a nightmare. Yeah, it's it's <clears throat> absolutely horrendous. Um, yeah, well, I'll go to this one next. Uh, can you guys still see my screen? I can. I can, yeah. Okay, cool. So, um, but yeah, man, that's that's fantastic. I mean, I think that mats are really important. Um, and no matter who you get your, your map from, you know, um, I think that that's, uh, it's a very important tool, almost as important currently as your, your measurement gauges. So, but, uh, speaking of tournaments, uh, I know we brought up Ben a couple times, GW announced their tournaments. They're going to Tacoma. They're going to, my son has just snuck into my room, my three year old. (laughs) Um, so uh, Tacoma is coming up. I think it's Dallas first, or it's Adepticon, then it's Dallas. Then, even though Adepticon isn't necessarily... Um, <laughs> my wife has come to the rescue. Um, so it's Adepticon, then Dallas, and then it's... Tacoma? Tacoma? And it's then Tampa's Florida? Yeah, yeah then, then Florida in mid... October and then it's the world championship. They also have Nova in there as well. They, they are affiliated with Nova, just like they're affiliated with, um, FLG events, but they are not GW tournaments. Um, so they're just, they're in force. We should say, um, are you planning to go to any of these tournaments, Shane? Well, so first, I want to say I'm slightly disappointed that they're doing Tampa and Tacoma again because they just did those. Mm-hmm. I keep hoping that they do one in the Northeast. Yeah. And they're just not. I just feel um, like New York and California are exceedingly expensive to run tournaments in. That must be the case. Um, I. So they're all difficult. Dallas sounds cool, but I don't think I'm going to do Dallas. Um, Tacoma is really interesting. I don't think I'll be able to swing it, but I would like to. Okay. And Tampa is so late in the year. It's like sandwiched between Nova and like Atlanta. If I go to that, it would be really tough. I am probably going to Nova again, and I am going to adapt to gun next month. So fair. Very cool. So we're going to talk about, um, um, well, we'll talk about Adepticon. But uh, before we do that, we're going to shout out uh, one of our affiliates, Frontline Gaming. They have also published all of their tournaments. So um, Frontline Gaming obviously does the Las Vegas Open, which was the largest kill team event ever, and with 130 players. And then we are looking to be even bigger next year. So that's going to be pretty exciting for 2025. Usually happens mid to end of January if anyone wants to go. Then they have the Cherokee Open, which typically does not have Kill Team because it used to compete with Kill Team Open. And I'm unsure if they're going to have Kill Team at this Cherokee Open or not because Kill Team Open is not happening if no one's heard. They finally publicly announced it on their uh, their Discord, even though we've known since the last um, KTO that at least this year of 2024 is not going to happen. We'll see if they resurge in 2025 or not. Uh, the Rocky Mountain Open is in Colorado. They will not have Kill Team. Bay Area Open is also not going to have Kill Team this year. So, oh, really? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Bay Area Open. Um, I was talking to Kicker, and um, 
they didn't have the space and then they did and then they didn't. And when he just got back to me, when they did, a different company has hired me out to go do an event the same exact weekend. So, uh, and also at the Bay Area Open. So this year they're not going to have it, but next year they are. So next year they're moving to a much bigger venue. The reason why they don't have it this year is um, their space got reduced this year, but they're going to be going to, I think, a much bigger venue next year. So Bay Area Open for Kill Team will be bigger and better than ever in 2025, but we currently are going to be running an event the same weekend in the Bay Area. So you can look forward to that. Atlantic City Open should have Kill Team again. Um, I haven't heard if the same TO is going to be doing it again, Travis or not. Um, Lone Star will also have it. Champions Cup will not. SoCal Open, we run it, and we will be there running Kill Team uh, October 19th and 20th. Uh, It looks like they just posted the... So if you are looking to attend any FLG event, go ahead and use our affiliate link. Is there any event from FLG, Shane, that you are thinking about attending for Kill Team? Say LBO. This year, well, LVO 2025, yes, I would like Hell to. Hell yeah. I'm, Hell yeah, there we go. The plan is to go to LVO finally. Um, I feel obligated to go to ACO because I won last year. Okay. okay. I think that anybody, I think if you win a tournament, like a big tournament, you should have to go. The you following gotta that You should title. be forced. Yeah, exactly. And I have gone to ACO two out of the last three years. Well, so. the, the previous Atlantic City open winner the year before that did not attend to reclaim his title. Was it um, Chris? It was Chris. Well, he's got to come this year and then I can come and then I can officially take the crown. So come through Chris. Mm-hmm. You heard, <laughs> I'm calling you. you heard, heard. <laughs> um, that's 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 hilarious. So you're just looking at ACO and Las Vegas currently, right? Um, I, yeah, I don't think, I could swing anything else. SoCal, I mean, it just sounds lovely, but I don't think so. LSO, did you say is doing it? LSO might be doing it. That's July 20th and 21st. So, But typically a much smaller event. And Tacoma is happening the exact same weekend, which is fascinating mm-hmm. that Games Workshop is running a tournament right over the top of the Lone Star Open. In fact... Um, you guys can look this. Look at this. I will bring this up so we can see. It's a little bit easier. Maybe it's hard for you guys to read. But uh, when you look at the Tacoma, it's happening the exact same weekend as the Lone Star Open, mm. which is interesting that these two events are are happening um, yeah. at the same time. It's weird that they would overlap. I probably I'm not, I'm would definitely sure. not go to... Lone Star then. If I was going to travel across the country for a tournament that weekend, it would probably be Tacoma. Yeah. And who knows if, I mean, I totally understand that. (laughs) July is tough. I've, I've got a week carved out in August that I'm taking off work. So it's not even kill team related. So it's probably July will be tough and I want to do Nova in September. So it's like planning all this stuff is such a pain in the butt. (laughs) <laughs> it is. It is. I mean, we have, as you can, you're looking at our, 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 our dates for this year. You can tell that we're also right there. Um, one thing that I'm going to pitch to you, I don't think you can make it, but I'm going to pitch it to you anyways, is the all Valley team tournament. Um, we are going to be running it in, in September, but we are working on a, on a date for that event. So it's either going to be the 14th and 15th 
the 21st and 22nd or the 29th and 30th. We're just looking for a venue that can house it because we are looking to grow. Um, we hit 54 players last year, which was 18 teams. And we're looking to expand it this year. Uh, that's kind of our biggest out of the, out of the, uh, out of these other major yeah. tournament organizing companies. Um, I would love to. Yeah. I don't know though. September is probably Nova. So <laughs> that is fair. That That's is tough. Fair. Yeah. Um, but uh, speaking of tournaments, our very next tournament is going to be in uh, uh, March 16th. Uh, so anyone who's listening, March 16th is our next tournament date. We're looking before we publish all of our dates for the upcoming year. Um, I'm looking to lock down the all Valley team tournament so that we can have a stock standard schedule that I can also send a games workshop and request golden tickets for our events. Mm. Because, uh, in order, if anyone doesn't know how the process goes, you have to, um, not only have, uh, the BCP link already made, uh, you have to have your artwork done. You have to have the, um, this is things that, that they request when they're re re requesting a golden ticket. Um, they also want like a link to your page for it, uh, so on and so forth. So in order to have all that is like six or seven steps, we have about like 10 tournaments this year. So uh, that's like 60 steps. And then we have to submit golden tickets on top of that, right? So it's quite a lot of work. And also, if you're in the Northeast on... Mm -hmm. And trying to play Kill Team on March 16th, so that Saturday. Uh, yeah. We're running a tournament up in Millennium Games in Rochester. Um, I don't know what the seating, like how many seats we're going to have. Presumably, we have, I mean, we have room for like a, so many. Um, so I would doubt they would put like a hard cap on anything. But it'll probably be streamed, maybe. Hmm. So we have a cool streaming setup at that tournament. So That's amazing. That would be cool. So the, um, another interesting thing, um, there's another tournament out there in, in, um, the U S that is quite big as well. I believe it was the third largest tournament last year and that was kill scream. Um, they still haven't announced a date. Um, I'm expecting early October, but I literally have no information from them. Um, is that an event that you've thought of? Uh, Shane? Wait, I'm sorry, which one? Kill Scream. So it's oh, run by the... Yes, the Cascadia guys. Mm -hmm. um, that is one I've I've looked at that I would love to go just because uh, Pacific Northwest is beautiful. I would take any excuse to go to Pacific Northwest. I don't know if I'll be able to, um, but sure. I want to. Uh, it's definitely one on my radar. I'm not going to rule it out. Nice. Yeah, they have a podcast now. Um, they do Vox Cascadia, right? Mm -hmm. Vox Cascadia, yeah. It's pretty pretty entertaining for anyone who who wants to listen to another who do, who doesn't have enough um, kill team <laughs> in their life from listening to uh, Command Point and Squad Games Discord. Another good podcast. I think they've had three episodes now, and um, they did quite a lot of talking about the kill scream. I think in their first and second episode. Um, and they're looking to hit like 120 players. So it's going to be interesting to see where they are. We are definitely as a team planning to go up there. It's a 14 hour drive 
or a five hour flight. Um, we got to figure out what we're going to do as a team, but we're planning to go up to kill scream this year. I think we're also planning to go to Nova. Um, Adepticon is right around the corner and you said you were going to that, right? How right, yeah, you, yeah. you've, you've never been, right? No, this will be the first time. Ooh, that's very exciting. excited. I've heard it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm just, I'm going to be there from Wednesday night until, you know, through the whole thing. So we're going to, so the weird thing is, is that they've always had a really, really weird tournament structure. And that's one reason why I've never wanted to, I've wanted to go always to go like see the convention, but I've never wanted to participate in their, their tournament because it's always been like, it was like eight pods of eight. And then there's like the top one of each one went into another pod. And then it was like last year they did something weird as well. What is drawing you about this year? Is it just because it's Adepticon or do they have a really cool tournament structure? Have you seen the packet? Like. Tell you the truth, I have no idea what the structure is going to be. <laughs> okay. I just want to go to Adepticon. <laughs> okay, we are signed up. Uh, at least, uh, well, we're on the wait list for the pods and doubles. Um, we're signed up for the GT, but I, I would love to do pods on Thursday. I'm going to be really bummed if I can't play Kill Team on Thursday and Friday. <laughs> but you'll be able to walk around, right? Yeah, that's the thing. If there's any tournament where you can't play in every event, this is the one. To, to have that happen to you because there's so there presumably from what I've heard, there's so much to do and see that it, it is its own attraction in a way. Oh yeah. Is it still at the, um, man, I forget the hotel, but I know it's in Schaumburg, Illinois. I don't, yeah, it's in Chicago, I think. Right. Oh, they're moving into Chicago. Is it maybe? No, I it was know. a little bit outside of Chicago. Cause when we went, we were, about 20 minutes from Chicago. I, I want to say if I remember right. So yeah, it's well, pretty close. It's in a little, hotel. it's in a bigger hotel. I so may have my ticket to the event and my plane ticket bought and my week planned out, but you can't possibly expect me to know any of the details. I mean, <laughs> God so, forbid you need the details. God forbid I know what I'm doing. I'm just a passenger on you're this trip. Get, you get robbed when you get there then. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Ryan, what's interesting is that there's somebody on this podcast who's been to Adepticon before. Ryan? God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Dude, can I just go hang myself right now? <laughs> no, you have to finish the show. I'll just hang myself Come afterwards. So. You know, it's funny because when I met Glass, Half Dead, Fuck! At yeah, KCO last year, he kept calling me Ryan, and he kept calling Ryan Shane. He does that on purpose. He what was, if that was doing like a secret. Yeah, what if one hundred percent? Yeah, what Giacomo? What does he call you? Wackamo. Wackamo. Yeah, at least he, funny. he calls me by my actual name. It's pretty hard to fuck up Dakota. Even my even my um, my uh, Muay Thai teacher. Uh, if you want to hear more about our Muay Thai adventures, you should check out the Squad Games Redacted episode on our Patreon only. Mm. Sorry. Um, yeah, uh, we talk about a lot of uh, stuff that's not necessarily Kill Team related there, like um, all the crazy shit that happens in nightlife uh, and a bunch of other crazy stuff. It's good stu- good times. Sorry, besides the point. Shane. Yes. Is there any, would you believe that there's somebody in this current podcast who's been to Adepticon? I would not. I wouldn't Good. believe it. Good. It's, it's, it's Giacomo. <laughs> Giacomo, what, you've been there. Tell us about it. 
So when I went there, I worked for the Magnet Baron, and we were vendors. Um, it's huge. The place is large. It literally spills into the hallway, kind of the same that LVO does, where like vendors start spilling into there because there's no space. This inside. is the first year LVO did that, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. This, this is this is pretty big. Uh, maybe they're getting to that size. Who knows? The venue itself is cool. There's a little cool upstairs place where we were allowed to play. You had to bring your own terrain, though. They had like nothing there for you to play, just tables. So you got to meet people and play like games and stuff, and that was pretty cool. You could go take uh, classes from painters. You could do the tournaments, and they have all sorts of games. Like I got to see the the DC game, the the one we've talked about before. <laughs> the 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 Batman one. So I was like, wow, all five Batman players the are miniature here. game. Yeah, from night models. Yeah, the like beautiful five, models. Five people are oh. here playing this game. I'm such a big fan. I own so many of those models. Uh, no, it was a lot of fun. The lines are really big. We were next to the GW booth, so the first like four hours, no one could come to our booth because the line was so long that it was just blocking. It was when a lieutenant came out. <laughs> Everyone was trying to buy the lieutenant. Overrated Wait, lieutenant. Which lieutenant? This was yeah, Kill Team 2018. So whatever the lieutenant with the oh, it's, oh here's descriptions, man. The lieutenant with the sword. Um, <laughs> God, Chris <laughs> lieutenant. So yeah, so was this quite, at the quite could be. So this had to be at the start of the lieutenant rush. This right? was like, this was when it was beginning. Yes. Yeah. So and that, then that like first 15 one. more lieutenants came out and lost their their. I mean, everyone started. Everyone still bought them. Yeah, people people were buying them like crazy, getting back in line to buy a second one because it's one per customer. My my intercession team is literally just made of all the lieutenants. I'm not gonna lie, <laughs> I literally have them sitting over here to my left. Like it has every single one of them. The dude with his helmet off and the gun, every the dude with the the chainsaw chopping off an orc head. It's right there. Now you gotta buy more. They haven't released one this year, have they? Probably because they got memed too hard. No, I mean, if you think about, no, that was last year. Yeah, they didn't release anything this year so far. Yeah, you know, Adepticon's cool. If you get to go, I would recommend it. It's an experience. You can Then you can go to Chicago and go to Giordano's if you're into deep dish pizza, if you want to try that for the first time. I think Josh, the Skyline is overrated if you're in Chicago, but you could do that if you want your money. There's somebody here that hates Giordano's. Who is that person, Giacomo? It's probably Ryan. He's not even with us. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to ask him. <laughs> it would be me. It would be me. I'm not a fan of deep dish pizza or lasagna. Uh, you can post your hate in our Discord. Um, yeah, that's 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 exciting. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for you, Shane. I'm just, I'm really excited to play Kill Team there. Honestly. Are you going to make some YouTube content off of it? Honestly, I'll say I will, but I won't. <laughs> I always say I'm going to. I didn't even do it at Worlds. There's no way I'm going to do it at Adepticon. Um, and Victoria's Miniatures will have an exclusive one she always does for Adepticon. Hmm. Yeah. We will, we'll talk about it after, surely, but I never do the vlog stuff. I always feel weird doing the vlog stuff, so. Hey, it's That's your boy fair. Shane. I'm out here in the hallways. Uh, yeah, there you go. I That's just feel like such a tool. I know. I and we just that. talk talk to nobody, but like someone has to do it, right? Yeah, you, you could be that tool if you wanted. <laughs> so, so, Giacomo, question for you. Answer. After this tournament, uh, after after all this talk of tournaments, what are you planning to attend this year as a player? As a player, I'm shooting for Kill Scream, and mm-hmm. I'm shooting for Nova. Okay, that's, that's those are those are the big two. 
because okay. um, I wanted to go check out Nova last year, but I couldn't go. And I also wanted to go to Kill Scream, but I also couldn't go. So this year I'm trying to make time for it. Uh, I want to go see what the scene is out over there in those two areas. Mm-hmm. I hear the lovely. And uh, yeah, that'd be pretty fun. Yeah, okay. I'd like to do that. How about you? Uh, also well, Kill Scream. Yeah. Also Adept- uh Not Adepticon. Adepticon. Uh, I'm just fucking up everything's names <laughs> today. Uh, Nova. Sorry, Nova. Uh, and uh, I'm also debating on going to Dallas. I've already bought my ticket to the Dallas uh, Games Workshop tournament. I have a buddy who lives out there. Uh, so I was going to go stay with him, come out a day early, chill out, play some video games, uh, and then go play. That's the reason why I'm building this this accursed uh, plastic army for this team. That <clears throat> I'm building Dakota. a plastic vet guard team, and uh. I have to leave. I have to leave my fucking super action heroes at home because they are not, they are not plastic. Are not I was just about to ask if you were going to keep playing vet guard this year. And then you went ahead and answered my question. So nice. You know, we, we did a, uh, uh, a podcast on the command point over the 12 days of Christmas on vet guard. Yeah, we did. Mm-hmm. So if you guys have heard all of our squad games podcasts, I'm sure that you've heard me talk about them a couple times, but uh, go, go make sure you check out that episode as well. Cause it's, it was quite fun to quite fun to do. Uh, that was day three of the three, three, I think three. Okay. Believe you're right on that. Yeah. Um, Dakota, did you know that there are other teams? You know, you don't have to just play Backguard all the time. Mm. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> my my plan, so uh, there's, there's a couple things. There is a tournament that's run by somebody else usually out here um, at the beginning of each month. Uh, Charlotte runs them. And I was going to try to go to a couple of those this year so at least I could score some ITC points because unfortunately... Mm-hmm. Um, with BAO not really happening, um, it's going to be hard for me to score any points this year on the ITC. I think last year I got like 60th or something like that. Um, 60 something, 69 or something like that. Good number. Um, but, uh, it's going to be hard for me to, to actually score points this year. So I might go do some of those, uh, but we're also doing like monthly games at loaded dice. Um, so like my goal is to go to loaded dice and play other teams. So like, for instance, I really like intercession. I really enjoy playing intercession. I think it's mm-hmm. a lot of fun. Um, I also want to get good with blades of cane, but I think that I would have to play them like, you know, 20 to 50 games. And unless if I'm playing them on stream, I don't feel like, super confident of taking them like for instance like vetguard i'm just really good with right so okay. if i if i want to go to a tournament i don't play tts right i don't play um in some other tournaments like i don't get to play a lot hopefully me and Giacomo are going to be be playing a lot on stream <laughs> that that those are crude um they are they are do you want to say hi here come come to the microphone can you say hi? Can you say anything? Hi. There you go. <laughs> close enough. <laughs> yeah, close enough. So I play a lot of, I want to play Blades of Cain. I think yes. that they're, I think they can be really, really good. I'm just not comfortable enough to take them to a tournament in order to, to place really well or do really well. Like my goal this year 
I think I proved it at Nova is that I'm not I'm not bad at the game. I think I'm I'm, I'm relatively good at the game. So placing well is important to me, but making sure my opponent has a good time is even more important to me. So when I go to a tournament, I want to make sure that I'm not messing up any rules or doing any of that kind of stuff. And unfortunately, Blades of Cain have so many rules. If you're not if you're not maining the team, I feel like you're going to mess things up. And Vetguard, I've played them so many times now, I can just almost sometimes play them with my eyes closed. So um, competitively, I bring Vetguard and I'm like, hey, if you guys want to play a competitive game, I'll play Vetguard. If you want to play any other kind of way for fun or whatever, I'll play any other team. So like, I also like uh, Comorites for Compendium. I enjoy... Um, intercession and i really want to play my blades of cane in fact i brought them to this last sunday this this event that we ran and uh people just wanted to play me competitively and get beat by me so that's what happened well, <laughs> there you go. sorry melty um um yeah so but uh speaking of other teams uh, you're playing Hyrotech, aren't they? Like so hot dog shit. Like, I've been playing so much Hyrotech lately. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, no, they are not hot dog shit, Dakota. Oh okay, they're right. cold. <laughs> 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 I'm here to defend the Hyro heroes. Okay, Th- that is the reason why we brought you on. What it took us? How many? <laughs> it took us fi- an hour to get you to our our actual talking yeah. point. <laughs> um. Even yeah, Hyrotech and Hearthkin. Um, Ooh, you're going to double double down on him. Well, I mean, I think that we all agree that Hearthkin aren't very good. I mean, the stats don't lie about it either. Uh, I, yeah, I don't I don't think Hearthkin are particularly good. I, I was hoping they were. Um, and after Worlds, I was really like planning on like deep, like deep diving into them. Mm-hmm. But um, man, they're just like, they're, they're super weird. And I have my own criteria for which I like judge a team's power level. And it's mm-hmm. weird because Votan has like none of the things that I like <laughs> in terms of like being a strong team. Like the way they win the game is so unique and it's mm-hmm. so different from all the other teams in the game, I feel. Um, and I'm not convinced that it's a good play style. It's just different and weird. I'd agree with that. And I think that's why people have been struggling with the team for so long. Yeah. They're very reactive. Um, mm-hmm. They let you hit them and then and they, they, fight back. they work up from there, which is interesting in theory. And it does, it works. It functions. Like it's not like they're a broken, bad team. I just think they're, their weaknesses are a little too prevalent. Um, yeah. So opinion. when, when we look at their, their stats, they are ninth from the bottom with a 46% win rate right now. Um, and they've placed at three tournaments uh, this past data slate, which isn't like, which isn't awful. Uh, they're near the lower end. They're, they're kind of like in the lower end of, of placings as well. Um, but they're not, the absolute lowest and they're not the absolute lowest win rate. Uh, they have like a hundred and they have, um, Oh wait, no, I lied. They're actually right in the middle of placements. 
Um, I was looking at Void Scar Corsairs. I apologize. They still have a 46% win rate, but they've only placed at one tournament. Fuck, that's wrong. Um, so they've placed at one. So it sounds like they are struggling in multiple ways. And I think it's one reason could easily be, be, be because people aren't putting enough time into them and learning how to play them as efficiently because they do play a little bit backwards. Um, and they're slow. So they struggle into loot. They struggle into recovery item, which is objectively like one of the easier things to do whenever you get a hot dog map. Right. Um, yeah. What I mean, else, what else did you like about them? Cause they, you know, I like the amount of like, um, I think they hit really, really hard, like uniquely hard. Okay. Um, I like that the models are somewhat durable. I like that they trade up decently well. Like if you're killing them, they're killing you back pretty reliably. Sure. Like if, and I think a lot of people are fundamentally playing them wrong. If I had to guess, just because they they don't play like other teams. Mm-hmm. Um, like you you move up a guy and grab a point, and then they either charge that guy, kill him, and they get plopped probably with a knife crit for five damage. And then they get a grudge token and somebody shoots them off or they try to shoot that model and it's got a three up save. So it's probably not dying. And if it is dying, it's to a gun with like, like a high priority weapon, like a plasma or a melta. And then that plasma slash melta is getting a grudge token and it's getting traded one for one right after. And that's like an upwards trade, right? Mm-hmm. So they, like you said, they kind of play backwards. They like, they start, like they want to like give you ways to like let them in. Yeah. And I think it's ultimately a a bad, I don't think it's a bad mechanic. It's definitely a mechanic, but it's a really, it's strong and weak at the same time. Like they utterly crush, um, like any six, six model teams. Yeah. Right. Like, like numbers. Like it's, it's absolutely insane. It's like, Oh, this space Marine has killed two of my, uh, two of the Hearthkin models. Well, now anytime I shoot him, I crit twice, you know, yep. like it's just like, <laughs> it's, it's fucking retarded. Right. But like when you play into like vet guard, it's like, Oh, this plasma killed one. Okay. Well, you're going to shoot this model and kill it anyways. I don't care if you crit like or not. Grudge didn't really help you there. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Um, compared to like something like Colts, which also kind of plays the game backwards where they get stronger. The later the game goes, they just have like an, like an immensely better mechanic backwards mechanic. I think that honestly, I think, I think Hearthkin are a little weak, but I think generally speaking, I like their design. I think their design is, is fair. I think the mechanic is pretty fair to play against. Mm -hmm. Um, I think elites have play into them. Elites are just used. Elite players are used to winning by killing everything. And I think against Hearthkin, that's not how you try to win as an elite player. Yeah, you, you just are faster than them, and you just play the mission really well. And it's like one of the few <laughs> matchups where you, yeah, it's like one of the few matchups where you can look for like a four-two. Um, but like, I think Hearthkin is they're balanced for the most part, honestly, they're a little weak, but their, their design is balanced. And I think it works. And when you look at a lot of the teams they struggle with, I mean, it's commandos who everybody struggles with. Well, it's teams that it's teams that are retarded in the, yeah, it's the broken teams, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I also think they're rough into um, uh, Star Striders. I hate that matchup. I played that a little bit. Mm-hmm. That matchup sucks, but I think Star Striders are. I'm. I I get more annoyed by Star Striders than most people, so I'm maybe outside the box on that one. But um, no, I think they're they're a relatively balanced team. They could use a little bumping up, but they don't need much. Like there, there are teams that need to be focused on, in my opinion, and data slates buff wise before Hearthkin. So in my opinion, I agree with you. I think that Hearthkin are a very balanced team. I think they're a very, a very good team as well. They just have way too many counters in the meta. And I think that depending if like the next balanced data slate sees nerfs come to the top teams or buffs come to the, the lower end teams, like who knows how they're going to balance the teams, right? Like with Hearthkin, if... If all of the teams that that crush them get nerfed, they could easily rise and be the best team in the game. Like outside of maybe like if Vetguard don't get touched, they they won't. Or Pathfinders, they won't because yeah. those are two shooty hordes that are just faster than them. But some of these other teams, they could definitely rise and be still a plus tier or S tier. Well, you know what? You know what holds them back from that level for me is they're too fair. There's nothing unfair about Hearthkin. I agree. You yeah. know, like how can a team be the best team when there's nothing unfair about them? All the best teams have some blatantly unfair mechanics. Yeah. I think Intercession would definitely say that Hearthkin are unfair towards them. <laughs> but yeah, well, I agree. That's that's elite teams in general. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a problem that we're seeing come to elite teams right now. In fact, there's only one elite team that has a 40 that is in the the, the quote unquote games workshops good sphere of, of, of win rates, which is a uh, Phobos with 46%. Uh, every, everything else, all the other, uh, mech teams are below that. Yeah. Where's so. legionary legionary. They have, they're the most, uh, played faction in the game with a 42%, 42% win rate. 42 guys. Three. Yeah. You stop playing them. My guy. What are you so. guys doing? Come on. <laughs> they're not that bad. Jeez. They are the most. They are the most taken team, legionaries. You're when you're probably the best legionary player in the world, in my opinion. Um, so legionary, as you can see, have the most are the most taken team out of all of kill team. This wow. this current this past data slate, according to we have metrics. Our metrics are um, sixteen player tournaments and uh they have to have four rounds in them there's a lot of spain tournaments right now that are running 20 24 person tournaments but they're only playing three rounds so we don't count always done that that drives me crazy yeah so we we don't count them yeah um but um oh yeah legionary man i love legionary i still think about legionary sometimes i've retired them but yeah they have a they have a they have a relatively okay placing rate. So that's like they have a 14% place, um, placing rate, which is it's on the lower end, but it's not the worst. In fact, f- they've placed four times. So what this metric is telling me is that people that are good with them can still perform well with the team. I think there's just a lot of people right now playing the team that aren't playing them uh, very well. Oh yeah, I still think I could do well with them right now. Like I, I think it's mostly overblown how like screwed elites are right now. But um I don't know. There it's it's like the teams like Kasserkin and stuff and Hearthkin 
Kasserkin are sitting at a, uh, where are they at? Kasserkin, the Kasser, they're not Kasser knots we found out last, last. Yeah, 44%. And what's interesting, last week, before the most recent tournament stuff, um, they had a 41% win rate. And then Australia and a few other tournaments played pretty well with them, and they jumped them up to a 44% win rate. So they're still on the bottom end of stuff, but uh, they're still not performing super well. Yeah, they're they're just like gatekeeping elites basically. So like if you go to a tournament with a with like legionnaires and you avoid a good Castrigan player, then you're you can you can do fine. Like you're still one of the better teams into commandos. It's just Yeah, but with Pathfinders being Pathfinders being buffed, Inquis- Inquisition being good, Vetguard being good, Hearthkin being good. There's just so many teams that are like such a hard counter to all the other uh, mech teams, like it's kind of sad. Oh, it is. It is definitely sad. But all those teams you mentioned, you could just draw them on into the dark and win, and then you're That's fine. That's true. You know what I mean, at least you could. You could. <laughs> I, I don't think I could lose to Pathfinders on into the dark with Legionnaires. <laughs> I don't think it's possible. That's fair. That is fair. I would have loved to see how you could have done at LVO with Legionary. I would have loved. I think I would have done well. I, I I believe that. Um, it's, you know, there, how many top, who were, who were like the top Kastrican players at LVO? It was just Austin at sixth place. Okay. Like, I'm sure I probably struggled with that on open board. Mm -hmm. Um, I know there was some Pathfinder players floating around. Um, it was mostly Travis and Jamie from bats. Travis placed 39th and I think Jamie placed 30th. Sorry, Jamie for, I know that's wrong, but he placed above Travis. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was quite a few Vetguard players. There was um, Vetguard was was what would scare me the most. Vivek and Chris Baki placed highest with them, second and ninth yeah. place. For what it's worth, I have played Vivek before. I've played as Vetguard with my Legionaries. Um, yeah, I think he told us that you went up to their tournaments up north, right? Yeah, I. It was on Into the Dark in his defense, and he was probably mm. not nearly as good of a player as he is now. But I did, I did beat his Vetguard Legionaries, <laughs> and I will hold on to that. <laughs> no, I'll probably play him again soon. I'm going up to another tournament across the border uh, in a few weeks. So nice. I actually heard I, my thoughts are actually, I think Vetguard uh, struggle into Legionary because so my idea of Vetguard is that if you have invulnerable saves, it can be difficult for Vetguard to to deal with, and. Legionary just have just enough wounds and just enough saves that I've I've lost to Legionary more. I've lost to one intercession player, and that was my wife. Ever? <laughs> oh no, I lied. One other time to Giacomo. I did lose yep. to Giacomo once. Yep. yep. So just those two intercession players, and outside of that, I have never lost to an intercession. Um, Legionary, I've lost quite a few times, um, and it's specifically difficult to. Uh, I feel like to actually kill because they can just like, oh, here's a save and here's this. And I'm like, oh, f- go, f- go fuck yourself. Chaos. In- implacable is just a thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, moving on to higher tech. Um, I, I believe that you came on to tell us how good they are. Cause in my defense, <laughs> they are sitting literally 0.03% win rate higher than Hearthkin uh, at 46.57. Yeah, I mean, 
I think that they are pretty decent right now. I think they're, first of all, they're really hard to play. So mm-hmm. I don't expect their win rate will ever be good unless they just become busted through data slates or something. But um, uh-huh. they're not easy to play. It's like kind of like how Warp Coven is really like complicated and they hurt Absolutely. your head. Yeah. Except Higher Tech is actually rewarding to play on like Warp Coven. Um, you are very much like, you, you, a lot of it leans on the cryptech, um, mm-hmm. and not just the cryptech, but the way that you use the power, specifically the nanomine and the chronometron. Um, and I think that they have a couple bad matchups that hold them back. For starters, I think commandos is stupid to play into with higher tech, mm-hmm. and it's really what holds them back. And it's it's the only reason I might not take them to Adepticon. Um. Because I, d- I don't want to run into that brick wall and just, you know, have no chance. Because, like, nine out of their 11 guys can just charge you and if memory, pass if, and you're done. If memory serves me right, the last time the data slate came out last year was two weeks. And the and I think and the errata was two weeks before Adepticon so Adepticon could use it. I was quite annoyed because they do that for all their major tournaments. They like to put the data slates out there to make sure that they're the most balanced tournaments. Do you think, well, that could happen again. Um, so are you going to paint up higher tech just in case if commandos get like shit stomped to the ground? I am currently painting my higher tech. So re- like regardless of whether or not I take them, if okay. that does happen and there's a, what I consider to be a suitable commando nerf, um, which I doubt will happen. But if they are nerfed appropriately, and uh, then yeah, I'll probably take higher attack at that point. I'm I've got a lot of practice on them, and I'm pretty happy with how they play, especially on open board. On Into the Dark, I don't think that they like. I've heard some people say they're bad on Into the Dark. I disagree with that. I think they're just different. Okay. Um, I think but, most teams are different on Into the Dark. Like literally, every single yeah. team is different. You have to play them differently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. No, I think that they just are, first of all, they're amazing into Chaos Cult. Anybody that thinks that Chaos Cult is still a big part of the meta, which I do, Higher Tech is maybe the best team against Chaos Cult in the game. I also do. And you know what's interesting is I think Hearthkin are also good into Chaos Cult. That I don't know. I, I have no idea. I've not played that. The reason why I say that is that Kellen at the last All-Valley team tournament uh, fought pre-buffed um, the buffed version of cultists and beat them twice and once was on Into the Dark. Ooh. So that is that is fascinating. And he told me that he doesn't remember how he did it. He just did it. And I was like, well, that doesn't help me. <laughs> <laughs> I've played against Chaos Cult three times now with a higher attack, twice on Into the Dark, once on Open. I have not lost. Good. Um, wow. I played Blaine twice for the, two of those three games. Blaine is an amazing cultist player. He's a great cultist player. Um, he can tell you about how annoying Hyrotech is for cultists to play against. Is it just because you have a really nice slow field and you have a lot of blast and splash weaponry? Those those help. Um, they, they You just have a lot of ways to, to kill multiple things at once, and you create really, really brutal like asymmetric threats where the only way they can get to you really is by charging you. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can... It's very easy to figure out how they can hit you. 
Um, and you can set up like the Cryptek move dash shooting and throwing a chronometron on another guy to give him like a much higher threat range. And you can just like have this like pull between you and the chaos cult where they can hit you, but you can hit them whenever you want to. Um, mm-hmm. And if you're doing that consistently and you're going in and you're hitting them and killing a guy, maybe two, um, if it's the cryptex activation, you're maybe killing three things at once. And then you, you, you know, something kills that and you reanimate it. And then somebody else kills the thing that just killed that. And then you've still got this, this giant field where they can't hit you, but you can hit them. You're just going to trade up and you're going to hit them turn one, which they don't like. And you're going to make it hard for them to kill you. And when they do kill you, they're going to take damage back. You're going to get back up. You're going to keep hitting them. And they can just, they can just slow down these melee teams so well. Um, and I think the same applies to Geller box. Uh, I'm not a hundred percent. I haven't played the Felgor matchup yet. Um, the war paint makes it a little stupid. They should be better into them, but war paint negates a lot of the, the ion stave stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still think it's, it's not a terrible matchup. So, so they have a lot of lethal five as well. And like a lot of access to crits so they can kill frenzied Felgors. Fair. So one thing we've talked about on this podcast a couple of times is, uh, we don't think higher tech circles particularly great because, uh, or at least me is because they have a really poor reanimation, uh, protocol technique because it requires a role. And I think that it's kind of dumb that Felgor Ravagers, uh, are just better at what higher tech should be doing. Uh, and that is reanimating or being better at doing what they, they should be doing. Is there, if you had to change the reanimation protocol in any way, uh, what would that mechanic look like? So I, for, for starters, I don't think it's, I've heard some people say that it's like a horrible mechanic. I don't think it's that bad. I think it's the variance is a little punishing, but I don't mind there being dice rolls involved somewhere in the line. The way that I would do it is I would keep it so that a model can't reanimate more than once. So if you reanimates and then dies again, it's gone. But mm-hmm. I think give the higher tech player one auto pass per turn, but then for subsequent reanimation attempts, make it a four up instead of a three up. Mm. That's what I would do. So Giacomo came up with an interesting one on the last podcast. I think he said, um, gee, was it, you want to explain it? Because I remember, yeah. but yeah, go for yeah, it. Yeah. So what I was thinking is since Felgar already kind of do the auto thing, everyone should get to auto reanimate once. And the way it would work is, so at the start of this model's activation, they can get back up anywhere from three inches of their dead position. They can't come back in engagement. Otherwise they die. So that's one way to permanently kill them, but it takes more effort. Uh, then they come back with half their wounds, rounded down and injured for the round. And then living metal happens the subsequent turns and you get healed. So, you know. Um, yeah, I think that, that would be interesting too. Um, it is a really feels bad. It, for what it's worth, I've been playing a lot of higher tech. And it's very rare that I've gotten, that I haven't lost a game because of reanimation. I have had games where I was like a sure win get turned into a tie because I failed every reanimation and I failed initiative when I should have gotten it. And it was like everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. Mm. Um, but most so, of the time, if, if like that shouldn't be happening, um, it will occasionally, but it's, it's rare. And I haven't found myself in situations where I'm like, oh man, if I don't reanimate here, I lose. 
very often. So, okay, so you fair. try to avoid those situations. Yeah, like so, they're very like you should be playing higher tech really cagey for the most part, and you know taking the high percentage kills when they come to you, and you know I, you want to be really aggressive on turn two as well, the most because you're willing to trade on turn two because then you have two turns to get back up. Mm-hmm. Like the odds of you failing multiple reanimations is really low. Um, the other thing too that I learned is when I first started playing this team a while back, I was like, I saw the plasma sites and I'm like, oh, they're flying. They have six inch movement. They have super conceal. Like these are objective grabbers. Um, mm-hmm. No, they're not. Don't do that. Don't do really? that. <laughs> they're, they're, if you use them as objective grabbers, you will lose games. Um, they're so useful as like flying around the back line. The reanimator, especially, like having that model there to trigger reanimation twice mm-hmm. per turn, basically, um, is clutch. And that, like having those situations where it's like turn three looked pretty good for your opponent, but then on turn four, three models got up and you just crushed the board state. Oh. Um, that happens a lot, and it's a lot of that ties into because when you lose your reanimator early, it feels really bad later on. Like only you can only get one guy back up per turn, and that sucks. Um, I I don't I don't love being in that situation. So like, keep your your plasma sites safe, and you know don't have them grab those those far out objectives like I wanted to. Um, and then on turn four, you can you can have them run and grab objectives at the end of like turn three, turn four, and your opponent usually doesn't want to allocate resources to dealing with them because at that point there's immortals and cryptex in their face. Right. Um, hilarious thing that people forget is that you can chronometron a a, a plasma site and give it a nine inch flying move. <laughs> and I've I've used that to have a plasma site go steal an objective on turn four. What a, um, what a sneaky strategy. That's one of the like simple, easy pieces of advice that I would give to people playing higher tech is don't throw away your plasma sites. Keep them keep them like safe early on and, and don't have them grab objectives. Have them behind your immortals. That's fair. That's a uh, see, whenever I've played higher tech and circle in the past, is like they're so complicated, you're automatically scared of them and what they can do. Yeah. You know, and you're like, because you you know that they have like a crazy alpha strike. They have, I wouldn't say it's the best alpha strike in the game, but it's one of the best alpha strikes in the game. I think it is the best, personally. You, I would like to hear your reasoning why, and then I'll t- I'll counter, and then we'll see. Actually, we'll have G say what he thinks is, and then I'll counter everyone. So I think it's the best because. Like a lot of teams can access like the twenty-one inch threat range. You know what I mean with the mm-hmm. with the dash, and then another dash, and then a move, and then a shot. Um, but Hyrotech does that with. It's not a grenade they're throwing. It's an infinite range gun. The model doing it is flying. The model doing it has a three up save and thirteen wounds, and the model doing it also probably by the time after it does it ha- also has a five up feel no pain. And if you do kill the model through all those layers of um, defense, there's a decent chance it just gets back up next turn. And if it if the higher tech player wins initiative, you're just going to get alpha again. <laughs> um, so 
I don't know. I, I don't personally think there's anything better than that in the game. Okay, that's fair. How about you, G? What's your most feared slash best alpha strike in the game? Mm. You know, I, I would have said it was orcs because, you know, even if you're playing in like a casual, when someone does use sneaky git, it is still pretty powerful. Mm-hmm. So that's always something, even just like the threat of it being there is pretty terrifying. Like you well, have to kind of strategize, strategize around it. That's what they nerfed in this recent one. They can no longer do that. Thank right. For, for doing it three times now. Um, so no, they they used to be able to flip their order right, from, and throw dynamite. Now they can't do, they can't exactly. flip the order. Now they're stuck to wherever they, they uh, in conceal, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. Correct. Yeah. So that's a little nicer, but it's the, it was the threat before the change. Oh, gotcha. 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 Um, so now and I, I had a deal with the psychomancer before, um, but I survived because my opponent didn't roll twice to reanimate. And the time they did get to reanimate, I shot it and it died again. So <laughs> it wasn't really a problem. Well, their first mistake was they were playing the psychomancer <laughs> instead of the chronomancer. <laughs> I'm well, sorry, it might have been the chronomancer. Is that the one that does the big like mortal wounds damage? No, that's the psychomancer. So the difference here is, first of all, the flat damage is just worse with the psycho even with the splash, but like the chrono, even if he's not killing you and his odds of killing you are better on single target, but even if he's not killing you, the odds that he's stunning you are like 90%. Um, so he's always getting something off. Even if he's not getting that lethality, he's like limiting your way to react. Even if he doesn't take you off the board. Okay. That's a good way to do it. And Um, the, the psycho doesn't get super tanky when he does it. Like the chronometron makes the right with the five up feeling the pain. Maybe that's why it was easier to kill him. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I don't, I don't really have one that I particularly fear currently because I don't really play too many players that are that are doing crazy alpha strike moves. Is Pathfinder's Dakota? Is that what you're thinking? And yes, it's a strong one. Yeah. The reason why I think it's Pathfinder's specifically. Um. The reason why is because no matter what, they can guarantee going first. And in my opinion, if you win, when Pathfinders guarantee going first, even though they have to spend a CP to do it, um, I think that's like the biggest issues. You, there's no way to react unless if you get pregame dashes, you know, and like it's pretty, it can be really, really brutal, especially if you're like, oh, I went first. Cool. And then you still get like five dudes dead, (laughs) you know, I'm sure it's happened to all of us, uh, at one point or another, but, um, yeah, it it can be pretty brutal. And I think that just get the, the fact that they can guarantee going first is the problem. I will say, I think that typically when I'm playing higher tech, and I think this is a good piece of advice as well. I, when I'm in deployment, I typically try to help my opponent. Um, if they're the least bit interested, if they even show any amount of interest in asking me about this, I will help them determine exactly how far I can go and where I can threaten and show them, show them the true power of the higher tech alpha strike. And I let them deploy as conservatively as they possibly can. And then I just don't do it. (laughs) <laughs> because yeah. I, they've just deployed so bad, so much worse just to prevent me from doing that. And I think genuinely it's a better strategy is to like tell your opponent flat out, Hey, I can alpha you like 
right in front of your DZ first activation and like be up on a building. And I can hit you if you're here or here or here or here and I'm blast two inches. So keep your guys out and they'll do all those things. And by the end of it, they're, they've stopped the alpha, but the, their deployment is, is much worse. So. Yeah. And when you only get four activations per model to do anything, um, you know, that's, it's pretty, that's really impactful, like super impactful. Yeah. And it's like they, they not only have they set up their deployment really awkwardly, so they're not hitting objectives as efficiently, but you're like first or second activation, your apprentice is going to walk up and drop nanomine. And like now they, they couldn't even get to the objective if they deployed like really close, you know what I mean? So it's like that you pin them so far back in their, in their back line. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. I, whenever I fought, like I said before, and whenever I fought higher tech, I'm always scared because I know that the team is good. There's just not a lot of people that are, that, that are playing them, that are playing them to a really high level. Yeah, Other than yourself, maybe on TTS, but you didn't come to LVO to prove their dominance. I know, you know? I should have. <laughs> I, um, no, I, I think that, like, I don't think they're top tier by any means, but I do think that they are above average. And I think that, like, that I'm seeing them in C tier and a lot in D tier a lot. I think they're a high B tier team, borderline A. Um, I think they have a great matchup spread. I think they play really well into most teams. Mm-hmm. I just think, um, Commandos are so dumb to play against with this team. So, so if you had a, so if you were going to go to LVO, what would you have brought actually? Oh man, I would have been in trouble. Um, no, I, I didn't have anything I was like super comfortable with at that point. I wasn't like in grind mode. Um, sure. I was playing a bit of novitiates at the time. I would have been best equipped with legionnaires, but I had retired them already. Um, so. I don't know if that's an answer, but just wait until they get a buff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've, I've got a few things that I'm thinking about for Adepticon. If you're curious about that, if I don't play, yes, Adeptic. yeah, uh, I'm really interested in Hand of the Archon. I've been playing them a little bit, um, and I genuinely think they're pretty decent. Uh, I really are. like what Brett did with them at LVO. Statistically, they're a really, a really good team. So they only win 48% of the time right now, but they place 25% of the tournaments that they go to. And that is showing me that they have typically a really low threshold and a really high threshold. So for somebody like yourself playing them, you can probably play them really, really well or place them really, really well. Yeah, they're kind of like the elf version of Legionnaires. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, they, I feel like they would fit my play style really well. Um, and I, I think that they have a, an okay matchup into commandos, which I talked briefly about in our last tier list we did at command point. But to summarize, I thought that they were okay into commandos back at Nova. And then every hand player told me no. And then, they struggled into commandos and I was like, okay, yeah, you're probably right. They probably don't beat commandos, but apparently Brett, right? Yeah. Brett did beat a commandos player. And I think post sneaky get nerf, it's a lot more reasonable because a lot of the things I was thinking about are still true of the matchup. So like chop a math is not good into six up feeling pain, eight wound models. Mm -hmm. Um, and 
The you can tax just to scratch, which is really nice. Right. Um, you can basically you can when you depending on how they play sneaky get, you have some pretty interesting lines you can take with the torment grenade. You can just torment their sneaky get with a poison grenade and throw like a flare on there. And now they have like a a, a choppa orc hitting on fours doing three, four damage against a model with a six up feel no pain. It's just never going to win. Um, and you can like, you can use the bird guy on the gra, which is really interesting with the indirect shot and try and snipe that model out. And so like you can like really mitigate the, the two model activation that they have on you pretty early, especially cause you have that pass tactical ploy to like pass an activation basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, and I think a lot of their melee is pretty good into orcs. Like if if you can get just a scratch off the table, like once you tax it once, like they're sneaky getting ones, they're doing just a scratch, and if they do it again, that's four of their seven CP for the game. And then what are they going to wog every turn? Then they're not getting DACA, they're not getting a third just a scratch, they're not getting any tech rerolls. You know also. Also, if they if they nerf sneaky get and they make it like CP plus one or something like that, yeah, you imagine you know, that, God, would be that would be you would just you would use it once and they would never use it again. What if they which maybe get to just doing regular damage instead of critical? Oh, not sneaky get. Um, I was thinking something else. Never mind. Ignore me. Or are you saying if they made it so sneaky get didn't work against crits? You mean? You um, mean? Just a, just a scratch. Oh yeah, sorry. Just, yeah, yeah. Just <laughs> so, wrong ploy. Um, yeah, if just a scratch didn't work against crits, if they'd change that, that's huge for Archon because Archon can charge you and get like four crits casually. Yeah, exactly. Top of math is still bad, but it makes mm, it still makes it way better, right? Yeah, like if you're initiating the fight, like your melee models are going to win that fight a lot of the time. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's that bad. Like, I, it's for what it's worth. All that's being said, it's still like a losing matchup. But like, this is commandos we're talking about. It's like four d sixty, maybe. It's clearly yeah. winnable. Yeah, and I mean, who knows what they're actually going to do to commandos? Like, I still hope that it's just minus one operative. But you know, I think uh, that whatever they do to commandos, it won't be enough. I totally agree. I, I think mean, that we're seen- multiple nerfs away from them being okay. Can we be, before you move on to your other team? Can we can we talk about commandos real quick? Just about how oppressive they are. Just 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 real quick. Sure, I'm always down to talk about that. <laughs> so, if anyone from Games Workshop ever listens to this podcast, I want you to know something very interesting. So, why don't you? I'm going to show you a graph too. Are you still? Um, I'm in. So I'm going yeah. I'm I'm to show you this graph. So, commandos have had 30 tournament showings. They've had 63 unique players. They've had 60 total, 69 total uh, games this, this data slate from nice. what we've pulled. 336 games, second most taken faction. Um, and they have a 52% win rate. And you're like, oh, that's not that bad. Oh, let's just, just wait. Um, in the Placed in the top 10 or, uh, or top three, whatever is greater, they currently have the highest... Which is seventeen placings wow. out of Such thirty a tournaments. Huge jump from the other one who's in second place. Yeah, the next and, highest is nine. Yeah, <laughs> which is which is Felgor, Christ. which is another problem. But 
now everyone, we had uh, some some stats wrong in the last one, so we're just correcting those those here, talking about them. But um, they've had eight undefeated tournament showings, and they have a fifty six percent placings percentage. So this is the percentage that I look at that I'm like, Hey, this is showing that a team is a problem. So what we're doing with this percentage is that we are taking how many times have they placed in a tournament, dividing it by how many tournament showings they've had. Right. And they've had a, they have a 56.67% placings percentage. So if we look at this graph, look at this graph right here, they're the only team that has an inverse between their (laughs) win rating and their placing percentage. It's fucking insane. Um, Felgor are very close to them, a 55% win rate and a 50%, uh, 52% uh, placing percentage. So that means if a Felgor player is at your tournament, they have a like a 52%. If that team is at your tournament, they have a 52% chance of placing in the top three or placing in the top 10%, whatever's greater, right? Insane. Insane. Sorry. What is your next team that you're thinking about? If you say commandos, it's not I swear to God. It's, <laughs> not, it's not. I really despise commandos. So don't worry. Damn. From um, a competitive standpoint, I hope. Only. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, I, I don't <laughs> find them interesting. Damn. Okay. Like, I love orcs, and they're not orcs to me. They're, there's nothing orky about them in my eyes. Fair. But fair. Anyway. Yeah, those are fighting words with a manual right I, there. I hate commandos. Um, so... Uh, I will say the other team I was considering is a pretty broken team. It is Felgor Ravagers. Mm-hmm. Um, partially because I really was excited for them when they came out and I painted them up and I really like how I painted them and I proceeded to play them at zero tournaments. Nice. Um, Homie, and- take them and go win the golden ticket at Adepticon. It's that easy. It's, that, it's, it's, it's not even a choice. Like they have a great matchup in the commandos. They have a great matchup in pretty much everything else. They are, in my opinion, the most... The, the strongest team out there. That's my hot take. It's tempting. Uh, the other team <laughs> is a uh, distant third that I'm, I'll just stray. I'm not going to take them. It's, it would take too much practice in a short period of time. That's uh, inquisition. Okay. I think they're really strong. Um, I like that they do well. I think they do well in a vet card, which mm-hmm, is rare. They do. Um, I think they do passable into commandos. Um, which you take that. Um, Felgor is tough, though. I think the melee hordes are tough, and I probably wouldn't do it. And it would take too much time for me to play them properly, but I think they're really good. Yeah, Inquisition is a really, really good team. They have a 50% win rate right now, and they have a 40% uh, placing percentage, which is fourth on our list. Um, Really, really high skill ceiling for the team. I think that they're a very, very strong team. But like you said, I'll just echo you. They are a really hard team to master just because of all the different things that they can take. Do you, do you think that uh, Kastrikins are the way to to play them right now? Or what, what is your, your thought it's process? It's probably just on? Breachers. It's probably Breachers. And maybe Vetguard. I've heard a lot of people like Arbides into certain teams, like melee hordes. Maybe I don't know about mm-hmm. that, but don't. It's a trap. Yeah, there are so many people that played um, that played the exaction squad, <laughs> which I'm going to show you a really funny exaction squad statistic in a second. But okay. so so many people played exaction squad uh, at LVO or other events, 
and they just can't beat Felgor. It's like mathematically, it looks good. Oh, I can do this. No, it doesn't work. You just get fucking, you get, really. they got ramshackled. <laughs> it was bad. It was bad. That's interesting. Because I, I mean, on paper. Yeah, on sense. paper. Um, but the game's not played on paper. So, yeah, I, I think that Inquisitorial Agents is really good. But I just, I don't have the reps on them. I don't have the time to deal with them. Um, and I, you know, I'm just okay with not playing them. So, sorry, go ahead. So, finally, uh, Exaction Squad, and we'll move away from stats so everyone stops getting bored, um, have a 54% win rate this right they're now. Decent. I think they're decent as a team, like, like but, a, not as an insulary. They have only placed in one tournament. Uh, so what it what what this is telling me? Um, so they have a seven percent compared to the compared to the commandos who have a fifty six percent. They have a seven percent um, in the placing oh, percentage. So yeah. So what this is telling me is pretty much every player that takes exaction squad is going two and two, and then at some tournaments they're going three and two, or they're going three and one. So they're not doing well enough or scoring enough points to get to the top, mm. but ultimately they are very middle of the road doing what they should be doing. I think they are. A re- I think exaction squads a really well balanced team. There's just like, they still suck in the intercession. <laughs> yeah, they're like, I think they're a really hard team to go undefeated with. Yeah. Um, I'll say it's they're weirdly good into higher attack. <laughs> like oh, yeah? I think they're one of higher attack's worst matchups up there with commandos, because like all the higher like you only have like five guys that are killing anything on higher attack, and you're like re-rolling within six inches, which you just can't do into exaction. And you have good melee into hordes, but exaction just shuts down your melee too. So like That's you right. literally just need to stay out of six, and like shoot them with Goss Blasters and just hope you get four hits <laughs> and and then you kill them or get three hits and they fail, you know, a couple saves. But um, it's weird. It's a weird, weird team to play against with uh, with higher attack. That is fair. Uh, is there uh, is there anything else that you want to t- touch on on the, the higher attack menace that everyone should be scared of? Um, because they, I will say they perform much better than Warp Coven. Uh, Coven's they, like a broken team. Like they're not like even physically. Yeah, they're like, just a shell of <laughs> like what they team. once were. Yeah, just, <laughs> they should just leave them on the cutting room table. Just they just need to make their space marines into real space marines and stop making them like faux space marines. So. Yeah, I don't know. The, they're <laughs> not as settled. They sucked. I think that Farstalkers <laughs> are just as sad. Honestly. Yeah. 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 I mean the stats. So everyone's he's. We're looking at the stats right now. They have uh, a 37% win rate. They have three placings, which is Hilarious. two better than Exaction Squad, but they have a 37% win rate. So they are the worst performing kill team currently. Um, they're, they're performing even worse than uh, than Justin Timberlake. Uh, Strike Force, Justin. That's really Justin, funny, actually. Justin. By several percent. Like by yeah. four, per, four and a half percent. Oh my goodness. <laughs> There is quite a lot less games of of Strike Force Justian, oh, yeah, but um, quite quite a few. There, Farstalkers have twice the amount of uh, of games, but you know, I'm yeah. just saying Justian's win rate is higher than Farstalker. That's that that's the hot take. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. It's pretty <laughs> um, crazy. I I would say if commandos get nerfed, 
Um, and maybe like, even if just commandos get nerfed properly, I think higher tech is a serious threat in the hands of so a good you, player. Would you put them in A or S tier if if commandos get a? I wouldn't put them in S. I would probably put them in A tier if commandos get actually hit. I um, would agree with you. I think I would agree with you. I think that there's a lot of teams that are being held out by these monstrous beings like commandos and Felgor and um, also um, void dancers. Void dancers are menacing everything right now. But I don't know if uh, how, how do void dancers currently have the highest win percentage um, out of any kill team currently. They have a 58% win rate. <laughs> um, how does uh, Hyrotech and um, Hearthkin feel into the Void Dancer troop? I think Hearthkin have got to be decent. Um, Hyrotech struggles into Void Dancers. I think that the three matchups that I've seen that are the worst for Hyrotech are Commandos, Void Dancers, and Exaction. Um, okay. Void Dancers is just awkward because like they're an eight model team and you're an eight model team. And all eight of their models can kill any of your guys. And for you, killing them is like basically just hoping that they don't make a lot of their four-up invulns. Um, so that feels bad to play, in my experience. Like, I played against Void Dancers last week in my local league with Hyrotech. And it was, like, baffling how many four-up invulns he was making. And I'm, like, sitting there like, am I going to lose this game right now? Like, so many instances where a Tesla with five shots hits all five shots and <laughs> void dancers just make all three four ups. Um, yeah, it's pretty frustrating. It's happened to me before. It happened like six times that game. Um, fortunately, higher tech, uh, still came out on top of that game, but, um, that's, that's a tough matchup, but I think against, you know, chaos cults, they're good against most of the honest teams. Higher tech beats just because they're higher tech is kind of unfair when they're, clicking properly That's they're pretty toxic if i'm being honest they're just <laughs> like they're just hard to play they're hard to implement but they, when they're functioning they're so toxic hmm i mean i guess i haven't experienced that level of pain yet you know? they're annoying man i if they ever become meta people will hate this team because they're they get like when i play them um players that are otherwise not very used to tilting that like really like level headed players, they start to get annoyed or they just like crack and they just start laughing because this is so ridiculous. Like when I play Blaine, he just, I think he just thought it was funny after a while. Like just, I, he couldn't move anywhere. <laughs> and it's a really funny thing to see on the other side of the table as the higher tech player, but they're a little bit toxic. I mean, that's fair. Um, they're, Hopefully um, we never have to experience them. Uh, Games Workshop, you can just nerf higher tech. So uh, oh, we can. <laughs> no, they're also another reason maybe somebody shouldn't take them to a tournament is because if you get timed out on any game, you're going to struggle because they score so much at the end of the game. Like all their best tech ops mm -hmm. score end of game. Like I've mm -hmm. frequently been taking their faction tech op, the unyielding ancients one where it scores at the end of the game. Right. Um, I'll take Escort Operative, which is end of a game. I'll t sometimes I take Seize Ground, which is end of a game. Um, so that's a common thing where you're like six of your attack ops score at the end of turn four. And if you don't make it there, then tough luck. Well, interesting question. Um, I've never, 
I've played like one TTS game for 40k once. Didn't go great. I'm not a big TTS guy. When you in your CPTS tournaments, uh, do you guys just play timed games, or do players get however long they they get to do the um, tournaments? So for the Swiss rounds, uh, we don't have time limits enforced. But for top, once you get top sixteen cut, uh, players are told to play with a chess clock. Okay, and what is your guys's time uh, uh, time on there? I believe we do. It might be two hours, 15 minutes, just to account for like lag and stuff. Internet. So we give a little bit extra. That's fair. Yeah, cool. Uh, at least it's not four-hour rounds. No, uh. no, it's not that. <laughs> um, I have to throw shots every now and then. I apologize. Yeah. No, so if I take higher tech to a tournament, I, I feel like I'm forced to play with a chess clock every game just because, not because of like any reason as far as like concern about my opponent being slow or something, but literally like I may not score my tech ops if I don't play with a chess clock. So, yeah, that's fair. I mean, I think that, uh, a lot of people at LVO saw that clocks aren't necessarily to be feared. Do they add a little bit of stress? Yes. But, um, what we saw with our, with our chess clock rules was actually it, it added time to the game. It added about 10 to 15 minutes. Oh. So typically instead of us walking around and like calling everyone by and getting everyone done by two hours, if everyone just would have played on a chess clock, they would have actually added 10 to 15 minutes for each game just because there is a little bit of pausing here and there yeah. uh, to ensure, you know, everyone's getting the same amount of time, which is not a bad thing. I don't think that 10 minutes or 15 minutes is necessarily like, a game breaker. Like if any TOs are listening, if somebody's running over a little bit of time, make sure you give them grace, uh, to finish their, 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 their game. Now, if they're playing on the clock, you know, when the clock runs out, the clock runs out, but right. they're already getting extra time because of the clock. They don't need the extra, extra time. Yeah. Like Dakota, do you play with seize ground a lot when you play that guard? Um, I, I, yes. And I've been moving away from it. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, if you ever play with Seize Ground, like that's a situation. I think that's a, a reason to play the chess clock if you're taking Seize Ground. Absolutely. Just, well, one th one thing I do as a TO, though, is um, I know KTO had a different rules, and I thoroughly disagreed uh, with one of their rulings, which I believe they changed in the end. But um, some TOs, including it was floated at KTO, uh, was if you don't finish your game, you don't score end of game tack ops. And on round three, you could only score half points for end of game tack ops. And I'm very against that. I think that when the end of the game happens, the end of the game happens. And if you're playing against a slow player, you need to you need to clock them. Everyone knows who those slow players are. Uh, don't be afraid to request a clock and play with a clock. Um, ultimately, if you don't play with a clock, you're just hurting yourself, especially against those players. And now, are you asking me if if I do I not play with a chess clock, or do do I am I worried about not scoring at the end of the game if I don't finish a game? Yeah, I guess because some, like you said, that will happen sometimes, and it's never yeah. in your control as the player. Um, I I'm with you as far as I think that that shouldn't be a thing, but unfortunately, yeah. it is sometimes. So. So do you know, how do they rule it at uh, Games Workshop tournaments or do they change it each time? No idea. The last Games Workshop tournament I went to had four hour rounds. So <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> fair. Tell you. That's fair. 
Um, I do believe that it's ruled that way at uh, Games Workshop tournaments as well. Um, <clears throat> and if it's not, then I'll, uh, I will probably not be taking VetGuard. Um, I will take a different team because the problem is that it likes teams with like security. Because uh, I know that Games Workshop doesn't allow clocks. So like, I think it's important that security teams have to be cognizant of the, of the time uh, in a game for sure. Yeah. It's, it's a tough thing. Uh, and higher tech loves security. So, Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah what, a, what do you, what do you typically take? Uh, so I always take unyielding ancients that, that faction tech up is just so good. If you just have the models alive, you'll get it. What is it? Um, so if at the end of the game, three of your non plasma site operatives are within six inches of the center of the board and or within six inches of your opponent's drop zone, you get a victory point. And if one of those three is an apprentice or cryptic, you score a second. So oh. it the first time I read it, I'm like, oh, well, that sounds like, you know, I need, that's five out of my eight models. I need three of them alive. That might not happen. That sounds tough. But when you, when you actually measure out how much of the board... That's a lot. That's like more than half the board. If if the, you have those models alive at the end of the game, you are maxing that. So it's so so easy. So that one I get a lot. I pr I pretty much auto take that. Um, and if you, if you're if you don't have those models, that amount of models left at the end of the game, you're probably losing anyway. So right. Um, I am moving away from seize ground a little bit because it's just really easy to deny. Yeah, that's the thing I've noticed. Like it's hard I, to get two points on it. I, whenever I take it, I just sometimes it's like, oh, I won and I I get it anyways. And then it's like the times that you really need it, you're just like, damn, I should have taken protect assets, or yeah. damn, I should have taken this. If if I'm playing against a team with twelve or more bodies, I will take protect assets every time. Agreed. Um, escort operative is becoming an auto take for me because your operative can die and come back and still score it. Um, Ooh. That's just wonderful. Um, and you are doubling up on unyielding ancients if you're scoring it. The model that you're making your escort is going to be in a position to be contributing to unyielding ancients. So I really like those. I think there are some instances where you can go recon and go recover item and unyielding ancients and like either courier or if you're on into the dark, you can do unexplored rooms. Um, a lot of the time you don't want to be moving into the center of the board to get recover item with higher tech. So I, I don't love taking that. Um, I think a lot of people see recon and their eyes pop out of their head and they just auto take it every time and they love recover item. But I think it's a worse process than a lot of the security tech ops. Yeah, you're trying to stay alive till the end of the game, essentially. That's what it sounds like Yeah, the way to play higher tech is rather than how you would typically play them, which I, I was going to take. I was going to say take um, Recon because it's busted, but apparently I'm wrong, which is good because I don't know the team. <laughs> yeah, so you're like, because you're creating the bubble with the, with the Nanomine and you want to be on one side of the bubble and your opponent on the other side of the bubble. But if you're grabbing a recover item, there's a good chance that you're in a point where they can like hit you for like, they can actually get to you because you're so far up the board. And if you're on the side of the board without the man of mind, they're going to destroy you. Um, so I just advise not taking that unless there's like a really, really safe place to grab it. Um, yeah. 
I think that's probably the same reason why you wouldn't take um, center line or central control because I find that when I play Vetguard, if I don't want someone to charge me, like if I'm going to fight Felgor or some other kind of melee team, I will never take those because they know exactly where I want to be. So I feel like that would be a bad take for higher tech in most cases because you have so few models. Anything with control, I tend to avoid because this team only has 17 APL on the board, I think. They have less than elites. Like that's a crazy thing. They have less than like intercession. Um, and this is after all their buffs. Yeah. So anything with control, I tend to avoid. And that's why unyielding ancients is nice. Cause you don't have to control anything. You just physically need the models to be standing there. Hmm. Like they just need bodies alive in those spots. And then you score. That's fair. I think that's a very viable strategy. Um, so I think that's the other thing that people do wrong with higher tech is they, they take recon every game, um, that, and they, I think a lot of players throw away their plasma sites, but, uh, if you stop doing those things and just nano mine with your apprentech and scare the hell out of your opponent with a deep strike that you're not going to do and, you know, just play passive turn one, explode turn two, reanimate turn three or four, and then just like score points, you're fine. All right. That's fair. Unless you can't, unless the models on the other side, like commandos are just, there's too many and they're too hard to kill because then you can't do anything. But (laughs) what can I tell you? Well, um, outside of, uh, we'll wrap this up with a little bit of a hobby section. Um, Giacomo, is there anything that you're working on hobby wise currently? Yeah, I've been finishing the Hearthkin salvagers, the, uh, orange colors I've chosen for them. Okay. It's been a little bit, little, a little bit fun. I have my hand of the Archon box. I'm building a few of those models at a time. Uh, Felgar on the back burner, but I do have some Felgar just cause, uh, I want a box of it. Fair, fair. Build it. And that's uh, about outs- it for me. Outside of Hyrotech, Shane, is there anything else that you're, that is the only thing I'm working on right now is Hyrotech. Um, I want to do like a Zarakon scheme with some, some brass and some like maybe some purple glow on the guns. Mm. Um, I am really excited for those mandrakes to come in. I want to paint and build those, build and paint those. Hell yeah. I, I played a lot of like a uh, last edition. I would run a lot of um, like mono mandrake Drakari builds. Oh really? shit. Uh, you for a little them as action monkeys. Yeah, no. Cause everybody was like, <laughs> like they liked their mix, but I would just run like almost exclusively mandrakes. And it's funny that I can kind of do that. I can basically do that again. Um, but now it's <laughs> like meant to be that way. Amazing. Be. Yeah, that's cool. I'm yeah. excited to see excited to see these uh, these teams uh, coming up. You know. Yeah, and I know when that when that box comes out, Ryan's really going to want to do the Night Lords. So I'm um, I'm taking the Mandrakes. Nice. Nice. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that team. I can't wait to see what they do. They look like they're, hopefully they're going to be a lot of fun. I, to me, it looks like there's just a bunch of warriors and I'm okay with that. Uh, sometimes, yeah, uh, I hope they're, I hope they're like very mobile. Like I hope they teleport and stuff like, um, I, yeah, I, I would think that they would. But you last never time know. They, they had a cool teleport where you dropped a bunch of guys in and they'd like bail blast you and it was fun. Couldn't they also like deep strike or that? I think that was just a mechanic of, of the old, of the old edition. They could just deep strike into the back of the line. They so. had a special deep strike for the mandrakes, but yeah. Yeah. Well, mandrakes are like uh, what? Um, dark shadow. Eldar spirits or something like that, right? They're like shadow demons. They're just emo okay, boys. That's what it was. <laughs> yeah. 
So, I mean, that, that's not like uncommon. I wouldn't be surprised if they had an ability where they can like, as strategic ploy, they teleport forward as if they had flying can phase three things. That'd be cool. Yeah, that would be cool. Uh, they'll, they'll definitely have some kind of, they'll probably be melee and they'll probably have some, uh, warp fire throwing Super ability. conceal. Like what they did, uh, in the last edition. So I'm really looking forward to them and I'm really looking forward it's, to seeing what the space brain on the staff does. You know, he's, he's going to be cool. Honestly, like we haven't seen the rules yet, but cool box, right? Like I feel oh, like yeah. every box that comes out has at least one team that I do not care at all about. This box right. looks awesome on both ends. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they knocked this box out of the park. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. One of the more hype boxes next to the, you know, my, my Eldar. I love my Eldar. Um, but yeah, um, <laughs> looking forward to you know the next uh, the next teams, and hopefully we we all see their rules sooner than later. But uh, you know, until next time, everyone. Oh wait, um, before, um, before 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 we, we need we, yeah we before we close out uh, until next time, we should give out our shout outs. Yes, we should. Yeah, yeah. Shane, you want to go first? Uh, yeah, you know, um, go subscribe to Command Point. <laughs> if you're not already, it's it's a good time. It's a fun time. Follow us on Discord and, and join the, the massively growing community all of a sudden. Uh, jarringly growing. Um, and, uh, you know, just uh, play play Kill Team and, and, and follow Squad Games and all the good stuff that you're supposed to do. <laughs> yeah. Cool beans. G? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at wargaming underscore studios. That's where I'm painting the hearthkin. That's where I'll be posting other things since they're done. Uh, I want to shout out the patrons. You know, they help us out in a more personal way. We really appreciate it. And if you want to join, you totally can. There's links in the description. And of course, we offer exclusive things for our patrons, such as the Squad Games Redacted podcast. that usually comes out uh, two times a month. And of course, you can always join the Discord to join the conversation. Links are also in the description. And don't forget to to give us a rating. You know, rate us on Apple Podcasts, rate us on Spotify. Hell, rate us on Reddit. You can't really do that, but if you could, you could. Uh, but you can't. So, yeah. How about you, Dakota? I mean, they could. They could go on there and be like, "Oh, Squad Games podcast sucks." <laughs> um, <laughs> knowing Reddit, that's exactly what would happen. Um, I will give a shout out to. Um, you know, my, you guys heard my son, I've been spending a lot of time with him lately. So, uh, with, uh, with my laser, my second laser catching fire and burning down, it's been hard to, to stay busy. And, um, you know, I can't really do any orders right now or, or, or work tremendously a lot. So I've been putting my efforts into other areas like, um, you know, stats and stuff like that. But, you know, my family's, really really big to me and i've been enjoying spending a little bit more time with them so it's been nice to nice to get a little bit of a break um but yeah shout out to everyone who's listening to this podcast right now i really appreciate you all that's the reason why we do it um outside of us liking to hear ourselves talk you know um and roll dice uh we we do it for for you guys as well so yeah that's pretty much it thanks everyone see ya adios peace The Squad Games Podcast is a production of Squad Games Entertainment. For more information on Squad Games, please visit our website at lustersworkshop.com slash squad games.